This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Yes, indeed. John and I are back at it again on Big Time Baseball. Welcome into this week's episode. Uh, we have a lot of ground to cover. No guests today, but uh, John and I have plenty of baseball news to keep you interested and in, in, in excited about the upcoming season. All right. Uh, as always, you know you can follow myself uh, on Twitter. I'm at Tony Gwynn Jr. John is at John Heyman. And now you can follow this show on Twitter. Uh, follow us at RDC underscore BTB. That's Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. John, uh, well, lots gone on, not only in the world, not only in the sports world, but also in our country. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. You're absolutely right. Uh, obviously, since our last show, we had a presidential election, and the big news today is uh, the vaccine um uh, that Pfizer has come up with that has 90% plus effectiveness. So uh, we're excited about that. And we, we had talked earlier and you had mentioned how that's going to affect baseball and everything else in the world, uh, assuming all goes well with that. So congratulations to Pfizer. And uh, we're excited about the possibility of having uh, a real spring training next year and fans, if they get that uh, vaccine going in the next few months, it may take a little longer than that. I've been watching the shows. I'm not a a medical expert, just repeating what I've heard on, on TV, but uh, it is excellent news and uh, feels like we are on the right track now. So thank you, Pfizer. Yeah. You, you know what, John, you, you're right because it's relevant, um, not only to our everyday lives, but particular, obviously on this show, we talk baseball. It's so relevant to the upcoming season after experiencing some baseball without any fans, uh, you realize how, how much different it is and, and and really to be quite frank how much better it is when the seats are filled but we just couldn't be there but so so this news even though it's 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 premature in terms of uh people actually receiving vaccines it is 
uh, a shot or excuse me, a step in the right direction of some positivity that I think we all could use right now, John. Absolutely. Uh, Everybody, I think, around the world is quite excited about it. And, uh, you know, it's certainly going to take a little while to do all the uh, rest of the things they need to do, including the distribution. But uh, it is great to hear uh, today that they are on the right track. And uh, we are very hopeful. You are absolutely right about the fans. Um, You know, the fake fans was was okay for a year. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, can we have fake fans for two years? I'd rather not. That'd be my thought on that. I'd be okay if I don't see another cardboard cutout for for quite some time. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some of this baseball. Uh, obviously, I think one of the things that's taken place since our last show uh, was the hiring of Alex Cora. He's back as manager. And listen, on this show in particular, we kind of saw this coming because of you, John. You've been talking about this for literally months, uh, uh, and it, it has actually come true. Uh, it, it, for your personal feelings, how do you feel about this? Because – uh, for me, I know personally, I, I'm all about people having second chances. Alex Cora, had, prior to this incident, had been uh, a model citizen in baseball, uh, and I, I think he's deserving. He served his suspension, which is what Major League Baseball handed. So, you know, he served his time, I guess you'd say, and uh, he's back in the saddle as as manager for the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Tony. There there was some backlash uh, around uh, the sport to some degree in terms of the fans out there. Not in Boston, though. They're pretty excited in Boston because obviously he was the manager for the 2018 World Series championship team. Um, And, uh, you know, he's he's proven to be a a very good manager. He's a savant, I think. Uh, He always tells me he wasn't very book smart. He did go to the University of Miami, which is a pretty good school. Uh, he might be underplaying himself there, but in terms of uh, baseball uh, knowledge and uh, the ability to, to make the right moves and strategy, uh, I think Alex Cora is uh, fantastic, and uh, I'm with you. Uh, second chances, I'm all for them. And he had that opportunity. We understood that when he got a one-year suspension, which is a big suspension. Some people are saying, oh, it was only 60 games, but it was a full year of suspension that he was out, that he sweated it out. Um I think Boston was kind to pay him through it. I don't know whether Houston paid Hinch, but from what I understand, uh, Boston uh, loved Cora. And uh, this possibility, as we talked about on the shows before, was always there. Um, I don't think it was a complete uh, 100% thing. And in fact, uh, in the couple days leading up to it, I heard that uh, Heim Bloom, the GM, loved Sam Fuld, who he had in Tampa, who's going to be a manager someday. Um and uh, really had thoughts about going in that direction, but certainly the ownership, the fans, we know that the star players, including Devers and Bogertz, at least we've heard that, were in favor of Cora returning, and uh, it would have been difficult to hire somebody else who has a proven track record. Now we have three managers hired. It seems like they're going the opposite direction, Tony. Uh, all three of them have World Series rings, and between them, with LaRusse's five, uh, with LaRusse's three, that's five, uh, for a long time, we were getting, you know, great personalities who had zero experience like Aaron Boone and um, several others around baseball. But it seems like we've, at least for this offseason, we've gone in the other direction. Yeah, it does. And, and one of the things that's come up in particular with those three hirings you mentioned is uh, some feel like these were all premeditated hires that the the both the, 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 the White Sox, the, the Detroit Tigers and the Red Sox all kind of knew this was going to happen. 
Um, was is there anything anything to that? And did Hinch have to be hired first? You think before Cora, or or is this just kind of circumstance? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think Boston makes his own decision. It doesn't depend on what the Detroit does. Uh, the White Sox certainly. Jerry Reinsdorf made that call. He's probably had this in his mind. For 34 years of uh, regretting uh, firing uh, Tony La Russa back in 1986 and wanting to bring him back. I mean, they they didn't really have a real search that you would say. They had they did interview others. Those names did not come out. The only one I've uncovered is Willie Harris, who's a uh, coach in the red system and was a member of the 2005 Chicago White Sox championship team. Um, there were others, as I said, and, uh, you know, they, they – uh, most, most all teams have to interview uh, minority candidates. That's a prerequisite. I mean, in this case, they they had their man right at the beginning, uh, as Bob Nightingale first reported. Uh, they, the owner wanted to hire Tony La Russa, and that was going to be it. So, uh, the other candidates, uh, while they like them, I'm sure, are mo- mostly window dressing. But uh, the reality of it is, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf has such a good track record of hiring minorities, and certainly they won the World Series with Ozzie Guillen, and Ken Williams has been the president uh, there, and before that, the GM for a long, long, long time. So, uh, you know, he gets a little more leeway uh, in terms of this. Uh, it's happened before, where it's just been one candidate. In Milwaukee, it happened when the, they wanted to hire the guy in the front office, Craig Council, and they didn't want to interview anybody else. And you know, they have a discussion and figure it out. But uh, certainly baseball in general, I would like to see them do better with minority hiring. But uh, none of these hires, uh, other than the fact that Russa is 76 years old, uh, you know, I, I think none of them is shocking in terms of they're familiar with these people. A.J. Hinch had some connections to the ti- Tigers front office and obviously Cora had just been in Boston with Boston a, a year ago. So uh, not a shock there. Yeah, you, you, I agree with you, John. They're, they're definitely uh, – you would like to see Major League Baseball get a little bit better with their hiring practices as uh, we move forward. Now, when Alex Cora was suspended, I think he was regarded as one of the top, if not the top manager in the league. Do you think he kind of falls right back into that seat uh, considering what we've seen over uh, this past season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he doesn't have a huge track record. It's only been a couple of years, but uh, I think he's one of the better managers in baseball. I mean, I, I certainly put Terry Francona up there and let's hope that he is healthy and come back uh, after the year. I mean, Kevin Cash is a Snell move. And I, Bobby Valentine talked about that with us last week and he liked it better than we did. But uh, that move, notwithstanding, uh, he's, he's a pretty darn good manager. Bob Melvin, obviously an excellent manager in the American League. So uh, there are a lot of very, very good managers in the American League. Dusty Baker, uh, you know, one of our first guest, a fantastic manager, I think. So uh, it, it's a deep, it's a deep group. I, I don't know if I can rank them right now, but I put Cora in that upper third, uh, somewhere in that top five um, among those names that I mentioned in the American League, and I'm probably missing one or two that are pretty good as well. But uh, it's a pretty good list in the American League. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Alex Cora, I, I felt like is one of the better managers at um, kind of weighing that 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 other skill that we had Bobby Valentine talking about yesterday, that feel, that feel skill. Yep. He, he was very good at that also with being able to use the numbers, the analytic numbers to advantage, his advantage. I thought he did a brilliant job in their World Series run, so uh, we wish him nothing but luck. Speaking of, uh, of this kind of whole cheating situation, one guy we haven't heard a lot from or about 
is Carlos Beltran. Do, do you think with all that's gone on, AJ Hinch getting another shot, Alex Cora getting another shot, do you think Carlos Beltran deserves another shot? Yeah, whether he deserves one or not, I, I don't know if I, I would you know say at this moment whether he'll get one. I would say is in question. I mean, the, the, and I understand a lot of people are upset that Cora and Hinch are getting another shot, but. Uh, you know, they have won World Series as managers, and uh, Hint certainly managed for several years with, with multiple teams. So he has a, a track record. Uh, the Beltron hiring was one of those uh, new guy type hirings, even though he's a, probably a Hall of Fame player as a, you know, as a player, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, he had no experience uh, as a manager or a coach. Uh, he was in the front office. So you, you have the cheating scandal on your resume with the zero and zero record. I think it's going to be tough. And beyond that, uh, with the Mets, and this is something we'll talk about also, that cleaning house in the front office, uh, two of the people they cleaned out, uh, very fine baseball people, Allard Baird and Omar Minaya, those were the two that really backed uh, Beltron. Now, they'll, they'll, if they want, they'll wind up somewhere else and they'll have some influence and uh, – you know, maybe Beltron will get another chance, but I, I would say at this point, I'm not expecting it anytime soon. Okay, well, let's let's transition to the Cleveland Indians because you mentioned Terry Francona, and obviously his star player uh, Francisco Lindor. It doesn't look like uh, they're going to come to any type of an agreement, and a trade looks like it's imminent. Uh, bef- at least before the start of the season, how, how do you see that shaking out? Yeah, I'll be surprised if he's still with Cleveland. Uh, obviously, they've talked uh, about Lindor with, with several teams already at different points. We're now a year away. It's like that Mookie Betts situation where you have a top five player in the game one year away, and uh, they know they're not going to be able to sign him long term. They've tried. I think he, the Indians, although they don't have the figures, have put in a, a good effort for them. But uh, he's looking for what I was told was top dollar, which is – puts him in the bets category. I'm not sure if it, he'd be looking for the Mike Trout category. That that might be a little bit uh, a little bit bold at this stage, especially coming off a pandemic, though. You know, maybe 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 this the vaccine, maybe Pfizer is helping Lindor out here. I don't know. But uh, and, and all the free agents, he's helping he's he's helping every they're helping everybody out. But uh, uh, yeah, I do expect Lindor to be traded, uh, you know, and it's going to be a team that's going to be able to uh, lock them up, whether they do it right away or sometime in the near future, I couldn't say, but, you know, obviously LA had the money uh, to do bets and that was a fantastic move and a great signing, everything good for them. Uh, so it should be interesting with Lindor. Well, we'll see. It's gotta be, I would say it's gotta be a big market team to do it. Uh, I don't see a small market team taking a one-year flyer and unless it's your friend, uh, AJ Preller. And of course they have a pretty good shortstop over there in Tatis. In fact, uh, one of the also one of the best five players in the game. So uh, I'm not seeing that one either. Although I've seen that rumor out there, you know, more likely it's going to be one of the New York teams. Or you know, look at L.A. Uh, they could move Seager, Seager to third base. I think that's a long shot probably at this point. They had tried for him Lindor in the past. I do think they'll try to keep Justin Turner, who's a free agent, um, and uh, yeah, he's been fantastic for them. Obviously had a lip on the uh, resume with the uh, finishing of the World Series and coming out there with the COVID, but uh, he has settled that situation. And uh, I think Kershaw and some other players uh, suggested to him that he apologize. I think he was going to do the right thing anyway, and he did. He's a good fellow, made a 
bad mistake at the end of the year. But I, I do think L.A. is more likely to bring Turner back than to go for another big piece. They've, they'd like to keep Seager long time and long term, and I think they'd like to keep Bellinger. Can they have four superstars on the team? I, I'm not so sure. But the New York teams, I think, will uh, are at least worth speculating for Lindor. I'm not sure how likely it is. We can talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, uh, you know, there's certainly uh, teams that uh, could be considered there. Certainly seems like a fit. Obviously, uh, some news that came across when we are prior to our, I should say, after our last show was that uh, Justin Turner will not see a suspension uh, and they will just move forward. He did issue apology, as you heard John mention. Uh, so hopefully he can move forward. We'll see how that situation kind of unfolds. Let's move to the American League East, John, and uh, the Blue Jays, a team that was Seem like on the come up this year. They make it back to the playoffs, although they get swept in that first or that wild card round. Uh, do the Blue Jays feel like this is the year they can turn the corner and really surge forward as a ball club? You think? Yeah, I mean they're definitely on the come, as you mentioned, uh, Tony. I, I I think they feel like they're two years away from potentially having sustainability, and uh, they are going to spend. You know, we're looking for teams that are going to spend this year. There are a lot of teams, uh, I think, in this situation of uncertainty, plus uh, lowered revenues from last year, uh, that will not spend Oakland, and I would add Texas, but I, I'm sure there are probably a, a dozen or more teams that uh, are really going to be cautious. But uh, Toronto, I think, kind of um, showed their hand a little bit, bringing back uh, Robbie Ray, who really had consistency problems last year. He was much better with them than he was with Arizona for $8 million. That's a pretty substantial amount of money. It shows, I think, that starting pitching is still going to be valued no matter what the market is like. But I think it's to Toronto's hand that uh, they're in it to win it, um, at least in a little way. We'll, we will see. Uh, my understanding is um, that they will be looking at center field. Um, the, the Blue Jays are going to look at to get a center fielder. And uh, George Springer and Jackie Bradley Jr. are the two names that I hear. And um, I'm not going to swear they're at the top of the list, but they're on the list. Uh Sure, they have made contact with Springer and Jackie Bradley Jr., and uh, that's clearly a position uh, that they will look at. Um, and then, of course, the Gritchek could play the corner and uh, just strengthen the outfield overall. Um, you know, they had a lot of guys step forward this year, including Teoscar Hernandez and, and some others. I think Bichette's going to be a star. You know, obviously they were losing VR also, so they could look in the infield. They're hopeful that Vlad Guerrero who switched over to first base, um, will be able to play third. Uh, still, uh, the reports are he's lost 30 pounds, and uh, they'd like him to play third. But if not, you know, they may look at short or third. Uh, you know, we, I'm not sure that they would switch Bichette to third, but you, you never know, I guess. And may, maybe they could look at Lindor. I mean, they're a big market team. They've got money, and they certainly have the connection there. The link is there with Mark Shapiro and Russ Atkins in charge in Toronto, both came coming from Cleveland, and uh, they made deals with the uh, Indians before, and uh, so I can't rule that out. But uh, the news out of Toronto is that they're going to spend, and uh, they are looking at Springer and Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, it seems like now is the time to start insulating those young stars. You mentioned Bichette, BGO Guerrero. It's time to start insulating those stars, uh, those young stars, with some veteran guys that. Uh, know how to 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 win ball games, and I, I think you'll see that team take the next step forward. How far in that division? That remains to be seen. Now, the other team 
and the Yankees. You mentioned two New York teams when it came to Lindor, and I'm sure a lot of people heard that and are thinking, well, don't they have Glaber Torres at short? Does it seem as though the Yankees may be trying to move on from him? Or what's the thinking there, bringing Lindor when you already have Torres? Yeah, I, I think their option is uh, they could move Gleyber Torres uh, to second base. And, of course, they are trying to resign LeMayu, no question about that. And he'll turn down that qualifying offer or plans to. Uh, but they would like to keep LeMayu. But LeMayu could switch to first, and maybe they could trade Voight. They have a lot of options there. They're definitely looking at short. There's a million things to consider. Not saying it's a great chance. People in New York are really downplaying, uh, at least the Yankee people, uh, Lindor possibility. But uh, and because they've said that they're going to cut payroll, so um, it does seem like that would be uh, not that likely. But they'll certainly look at it. I'm sure. Uh, but I would say at this the stage they're at, um, they'd like to keep Lemayu, and then I think that they would look at adding a shortstop. Gleyber Torres is a great offensive player. Did not have a great year this year. Um, they're hoping for bounce back, but uh, in terms of being a shortstop, uh, he's not, you know, in the upper echelon on defense, shall we say? So, you know, I they are looking at the other guys that are out there. Simmons, they've contacted Andrelton Simmons. That's a guy they've liked for a long time. Um, he was uh, obviously with the Angels, and Billy Epler would come from the Yankees. Uh, Cashman and Epler agreed on that. They've tried for Simmons before. They looked at him at the deadline. So uh, that's a possibility. And, of course, with D.D. Gregorius, who's a free agent now, was their guy, and they liked him very much. He did a good job for them, and he did a good job for Philly. So uh, that's another consideration. Those are, to me, more likely than Lindor, but I'm sure wouldn't be shocked if there's a lot of discussion of Lindor with the Yankees and a lot of publicity about it. If the trade actually comes to fruition, I'll probably be a little bit surprised, though. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And we listen, we've seen Glaber Torres play second, and he he did look pretty good over there. It wouldn't be a bad move if you bring in somebody like Lindor. Uh, it does give you options. However, DJ LeMahieu needs a position to play too. So uh, we'll see how that kind of all rolls down. All right, let's slide to the National League East, where the big news is obviously that Steve Cohen gets cleared to take ownership of this New York Mets team, and within hours, he completely guts the whole front office. Uh, tell us about some front office names that are linked to the New York Mets. Yeah, not a shock at all. Sandy Olberson is now in charge, and uh, I don't think Olberson, he was watching what they were doing. He's been with Oakland the last couple of years since leaving his Mets GM job, uh, kind of being forced out of it. So he now gets a do-over with money. The first time he was with the Wilpons, who were, were hamstrung. I don't have to tell Mets fans this by the Madoff situation uh, that occurred in 2008. It hamstrung them for a long time. Now Steve Cohn comes in. Uh, he is the richest owner in baseball. I don't have his bank account on me, so I don't know exactly what he's got, but the reports are $15 billion. So uh, we can expect to see the Mets do some very interesting things. Who will do them? We will find out. Uh, you know, hopefully in short order, uh, they've got to fill out an entire front office now. And Sandy Alderson uh, is tasked with that. I, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, John Rico, um, who was, uh, was in the baseball end of the front office uh, for years and left and moved to the business side when Brody Van Wagenen, the GM who was just removed, uh, came in. Uh, to me, that's a possibility. And then there are guys in Oakland. Uh, Billy Owens is a guy who's been mentioned. He interviewed with the Angels and is very well thought of and uh, certainly knows 
player talent, and uh, there's other guys out there that could be considered. I'm not seeing J.P. Ricciardi or Paul DePodesta, who did work for Sandy in New York the first time uh, as a GM candidate. DePodesta, very happy with the Cleveland Browns. I think he prefers football from what I hear, and uh, so I don't see that happening. Um, uh, we will see. I, I also wonder about the manager there. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Luis Rojas had a 60 games. It would be almost unfair to make a change, but you're bringing in a new general manager, and uh, obviously the Mets underperformed badly uh, this year. And, you know, it's hard to blame him, but, uh, you know, this is the big city, <laughs> you know, and the trend has been – I don't know that Sandy follows trends, but the trend has been to – get experienced guys and they should have a team that's ready to win, particularly after uh, they do everything that they want to do this off season with getting big players, including, I, I mean, I think they're going to certainly make a push for real Mudo. We'll see if they're able to sign him, but uh, the players that are out there would fit them. You know, obviously Bauer could fit anybody. Springer would fit them in center. Real Mudo would fit them. I don't see LeMayu moving across town. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not sure Ozuna is, is a fit for the Mets. They got a million corner outfielders, but, uh, I see them doing big stuff and expecting a win. And I know Sandy knows Luis Rojas. He worked for him for eight years with the Mets. But, uh, you know, he's got that. He's got 60 games as a major league manager. What do you, what do you think of that, Tony? You think you, you, it feels like they're going to move on from him, but they haven't said yet. I mean, usually it depends on where ownership, especially when you get new ownership in. Uh, it, it depends on their urgency and when they want to win. And it, and it feels like Steve Cohen is ready to start doing that now. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, Luis Rojas, as you just mentioned, John, does have uh, a relationship uh, with the front office there. So it, it was Sandy. It was Sandy Alderson. So it, it, it we it's one could be a 50-50 toss-up, but as you said, most of the time when new ownership comes in and new front office comes in, that doesn't usually bode well for the manager. Uh, we'll, we'll have to sit back and, and see how it goes. Yeah, it's bad timing and bad luck. I mean, same with Brody Van Wagen. And I know some of the moves, certainly that Seattle move, I thought was an overpay. I mean, looking back at it, even though Diaz looked good at the end of the year uh, to have all that money and Cano, uh, and I think they figure they're going to have a DH in the National League within a couple of years, probably. But, um, you know, that was a, a move that really looks like uh, mostly negative at this point, even with Diaz looking like a, the reliever they'd hoped uh, last at the end of last year. Um, you know, you could take a ledger of the moves and say maybe they were mostly negative. But, you know, I, I think uh, most GMs uh, get five or seven years. And Brody Van Wagen did have a four-year deal, so we're not going to take up a collection for him or feel too sorry for him. But uh, it was kind of a tough deal for two years. And the same would be true of Rojas if he only got one year. I think that if they did move on for him, they, from him, they'd like to keep him in the uh, organization if yeah, they can. Yeah, So. Well, let's slide into the left side of the infield market. You got the shortstop market. You got the third base market. Let's start with the shortstop market. What are the big names at shortstop uh, that you think could help a team right now? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously Lindor is out there on the trade market, and then you've got Simmons, Didi, and Galvis, a free agent. So it's a pretty good shortstop market. We, we all look forward to next year uh, when it's Story and Seager and Correa and Baez and Lindor were going to be free agents. But uh, this crop is decent, obviously, with D.D. Simmons and Galvez and Semyon. I shouldn't leave out Marcus Semyon, who wasn't, you know, in this pandemic year, wasn't even offered the qualifying offer when in any other year he would have been. So uh, there's a nice variety of uh, free agent shortstops out there. And Lindor is certainly at the top of the heap. 
with a year to go. Um, so as a trade candidate and, uh, you know, we talked about the Mets. It would be interesting to see. I know a lot of Mets fans are clamoring for Lindor. Uh, you know, they have two shortstops right now. They have Ahmad Rosario and uh, Andres Jimenez. So, um, you know, obviously Lindor is better. But, uh, I, you know, looking at it, I think their need is more at third base. And I have heard that from some people in the Mets front office. Now, these are just holdovers. The new people are going to be the ones in charge. So I wouldn't swear to what they're doing. But, uh you know, in a way, Nolan Arenado, who is clearly out there on the trade market, uh, might be a better fit for the Mets. Um, and uh, J.D. Davis uh, did a nice job filling in and uh, at third, but uh, ultimately he's more of a hitter than a, a third baseman. Um, you know, and so I, I think that there's a good chance that they will look at Arenado as well as uh, as well as Lindor with the Mets. Uh, one or the other. I don't think they're getting Arenado, Lindor, and Real Muto, but... Uh, you know, if they got uh, one of them, that'd be great for the Mets fans uh, who've been starved for some big signings. And if they got two of them, wow, that would be pretty, pretty damn special. I got to say, in regards to this shortstop market, it, it may not have the star power as next year's market will, but these guys have turned themselves into some steady ball players. You, you mentioned Dee Gregorius over the last four years. He's been one of the better shortstops. Marcus Simeon has proved himself in that same kind of cut from that same kind of cloth where it, they're just steady. And uh, they, I think they'll help a team no matter where they end up going. Obviously, Lindor uh, in the trade market kind of speaks for himself. He's probably the cream of the crop in terms of this particular uh, shortstop group. But certainly are some guys out there that can help. All right, let's slide over to third base, Mark. You just mentioned Nolan Arenado, And although he's not a free agent, he is available on the trade block, it seems, though, seems as like. Uh, who are the other third basemen that could help a team right now? Yeah, I mean, Arenado uh, has got a year to go before his opt-out, and he's got a no-trade, too. So he's got a lot of good stuff for him going on in that uh, contract. Uh, unfortunately, he, the relationship with the front office and Arenado is still not great. You know, they're still uh, at odds. Uh, Arenado thought they would try more in terms of spending, um, and he probably is a little upset about the fact that he didn't have a good year, even after getting off to a good start. Um, and, uh, you know, he felt that, that he was led to believe that they were really going to go for it. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if that's repairable. It might be, uh, but, uh, he, he's clearly out there. I mean, Nolan Arenado, uh, is as out there as Francisco Lindor is. So, uh, I, at this point, I think he's going to be traded. And the fact he has a no trade, uh, just gives him power. It doesn't mean he's not going to be traded uh, because at this point, I think he he wouldn't mind being traded. So, uh, I you know, I, I we probably have to look at the Dodgers, right? I mean, that's the place he probably wants to go. He is from Orange County there. Um, and also the Angels, which is in Orange County, even though they say that the Angels of L.A. or whatever they say, Los Angeles Angels. I'm uh, still confused on that. Yeah, I don't know. What, what, they transitioned. <laughs> when I covered them, they were the California Angels. That'll yep. just tell you how old I am. But they are in California. I know that. They're not technically in Los Angeles, but they certainly are close. And, uh, you know, it's a be wonderful city. Not as Probably not as uh, beautiful as San Diego. You're San Diego, but it's quite a beautiful city, too. So, uh, uh, you know, I understand why they want to claim L.A., Probably has more to do with money than beautiful. But uh, anyway, uh, Arenado would be a fit uh, because, 
uh, you know what? Arenado's a, a better. I'm sorry, Arenado's a fit with the with the Dodgers, not the Angels. I, I was thinking Lindor more with the Angels um, because Lindor. Uh, obviously, they have to replace Andrelton Simmons with the Angels, and any of those shortstops could be a fit with the Angels. And they certainly want to win. They have to get a GM first, but uh, Simmons is the uh, is gone there now, and I, I think they'll look at Didi and Semyon and the others. But Arenado would be a fit with the Dodgers. Um, he could be a fit with the Mets, as we, as I said. Um, and, uh, you know, he's one of the best players in the game. The other guy on the third base third base uh, market uh, could be Chris Bryant. I do think the Cubs are going to look at trades for him. Obviously, he had a down year. It's be selling low, so I wouldn't say that they're definitely going to do it. Uh, that's something that they will consider, I think, more than some of the other things. Uh, the other players that have been mentioned I see Bryant potentially. And the other Cub that I could see uh, them potentially uh, looking at dealing would be Wilson Contreras, uh, who was a Gold Glove finalist. Um, he does some things really well, certainly a great talent. Certainly the Mets are going to take a look at him and other teams that need a catcher. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, Wilson Contreras. Uh, as long as we're on the Cubs, I will mention, I, I think that Javier Baez is just beloved by the organization. And even though he had a down year as well, a lot of people had a down year. We've talked about this before. A lot of people had a down year. I don't think they're going to hold it against them. I think they're going to try to lock him up if they can. They were going to talk about it last spring, but obviously we got interrupted by the, the pandemic. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm not giving up on that Arenado Dodgers, although I do think it more likely would be Turner. But yes, with the Angels, Right, they have Rendon at third, of course, and uh, shortstop is what they'll look at. I I would caution all organizations out there that are putting that last sixty game season up on a pedestal to not do it because you can be you can it, there's so many game more games left in a in a regular baseball season that could have been turned around like we've seen a lot of these guys do. So I just think you can't put a lot of credence in the numbers uh, for the for the twenty twenty season. All right. Uh, let's go to the qualifying offers because, John, there's been a lot of them extended. Uh, Trevor Bauer, JT Riamuto, George Springer, DJ LeMayu. Do you anticipate any of these guys accepting the offer? Bauer, Riamuto, Springer, and LeMayu all will turn down the qualifying offer. That's their plan. Rachel Luba, the agent for Bauer, has made it clear uh, that uh, Bauer will not accept the qualifying offer. Of course, Riamuto, Springer, LeMayu. Um, such good players, uh, real talents, and uh, they should get big-time big deals out there. No question they will will not accept uh, the qualifying offer. Um, and, of course, there are two other guys that uh, received the qualifying offer. Uh, to me, Marcus Stroman's the interesting one. That could go either way. And then Kevin Gaussman with the Giants, um, he's got to accept it, according to everybody in baseball. $18.9 million. I mean, Kevin Gosman is a good pitcher, very solid guy, solid pitcher, uh, but uh, that's a lot of money. He really is not in any position to uh, to turn that down. Uh, Strowman's an interesting case. Uh, you know, I, I, personally, I, I think that he's probably going to turn it down, so I think the Mets made the right move, uh, and he'll probably go out there and shop. What, what would you do if you were – uh, Marcus Stroman. I mean, Bauer, Riomuto, Springer, Lemayu. They're pretty obvious. They can't. They can't accept a one-year deal. They got to go out there and get a big deal. I mean, Bauer's talked about maybe doing a one-year deal, but I'm sure he's thinking about forty million or something like like that. Not eighteen point nine. What would you do if you were Marcus Stroman? Uh, that's a good question. I, I would keep my options open. Um, 
it's hard when you bring in new ownership, new front office to all get on the same accord in the very first season. It usually doesn't work that way. Uh, and if Marcus Stroman is is trying to win and win now, I may I may decline the qualifying offer and look elsewhere. It, it sounds as though he wants to be a Yankee really, really bad. Uh, it just, it doesn't know. We just don't know if the Yankees are willing to go out and spend that kind of money, but there are certainly a lot of teams that we saw in the playoffs this year that could use a uh, arm like, uh, Marcus Stroman. And yeah, it's feel- uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead yeah, John. I, I agree. You know, I, I, I think there'll be a market out there for him. I, I was surprised at first that they did it. I think uh, they did the right thing. Uh, you, you know, we're not sure whether it was the uh, the front office that left or the front office that's coming in, or meaning Sandy, because uh, we don't know who else is coming with them. But uh, or a combination uh, discussion, I, I think they did the smart thing to, to offer it to him. I, I do feel like it seems like he'll probably turn it down, and as you said, keep his options open out there. It does feel like he wants to be a Yankee. I think you've read the situation exactly right, Tony. Um, I, I don't think the Yankees are going to be interested in Stroman. Yeah, uh, they're they're. Uh, starting pitching is not in bad shape uh, on the other side of town. Uh, you know, they're going to have Herman coming back. They're going to have Severino uh, at some point coming back from the Tommy John. Obviously, they're going to lose. Uh, we think they're going to lose Paxton and, and, and Hap. Uh, they're going to probably try to keep Tanaka. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. They, they may have room for one starting pitcher. But you know what? When the when he was traded to the Mets, the Yankees showed no interest. So, um, you know, he hasn't done much since then. He pitched a little bit for the Mets, did not pitch this year. He rehabbed. He now has enough time to be a free agent, which benefited him, uh, not the team. So, uh, you know, I think the Mets expect him to turn it down. And, uh, yeah, you know, they need a, they definitely need pitching. There's no question about that. But uh, I wonder, I, you know, I don't know this, but I wonder if there's some hard feelings from people. And I guess they'll get over it uh, about it, the fact that he rehabbed it. And then when he had the enough service time by rehabbing, he, then he opted out. Now, maybe he just made that decision late. I don't know. I don't know that he had in his mind the whole time, but, uh, you know, and, and there was nothing wrong with opting out, but to rehab, to get the free service time and then opt out, uh, you know, you wonder, you wonder if he just had it in his mind the whole time. And it, so I, 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 I wonder if there's some hard feelings there. I know there are with the Jays because on the way out when he was traded to the Mets, and I, I don't know if it was because he expected or hoped to be with the Yankees or someone else. He is from Long Island. You didn't think the Mets would be so bad, but, uh, he was quite upset uh, from everything I hear that uh, he, he was not happy and said so uh, in the clubhouse in front of the whole team uh, that he was not too happy to go to the Mets. So maybe it was a Mets thing and he never wanted to be there in the first place. And that would kind of lead me to think you're probably right, Tony. You're probably calling this right. Probably yeah, it, it, it does. It just seems like he is on like he, he wants to see what's out there. And the thing about the Mets is I, I think it's a, a great idea. You offer, especially when you look at the circumstances and it does look like he's going to turn it down. You get those picks because of it. Uh, but on the flip side of that, if he decides to, to stay, you've got another arm uh, that can help your ball club. So it, it's a, I think it's a win-win for the Mets either way. All right. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground on today's show, John. It's uh, We've reached the end here finally. Uh, we'll be back again next week as the hot stove starts to warm. It's not quite hot yet, uh, <laughs> but it's it's on its way to being. And remember, you can follow myself. Uh, at, on Twitter at, at Tony Gwynn Jr. You can follow John at John Heyman. And now you can follow this show, Big Time Baseball, at RDC underscore BTB, Big Time Baseball. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Big Time Baseball on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever 
you find your favorite podcast. Until next week, for John Heyman and myself, Tony Gwynn Jr., we'll catch you next week on Big Time Baseball. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.